Welcome to the Harvest City Podcast. We are a church in the East African port city of Durban, South Africa. Get to know us better at harvestcity.co.za or at harvestcitydbn on socials. We hope you enjoy this message. So, sorry to share. Um, have you ever been home alone? Um, maybe not. Maybe you have in your childhood. Um, so, a young teenager, or a young boy rather, was very happy when he heard that his parents are going away for a weekend. Now, all year around, his folks don't take vacations. They work very hard to earn and maintain their lifestyle. The father owns a beautiful 7 Series BMW 2021. Gotta know it's recent. <laughs> and he shares his passion for cars within, with his 16-year-old son. And have a really cool house accessories, so like PlayStation 4, 74-inch TV, the smart fridge. You gotta know the smart fridge, guys. <laughs> it means the family is set, you know? Um... And eventually, Friday comes, and they leave for the weekend. They give him some ground rules to stay away from the BMW. I mean, what would you say to a 16-year-old uh, boy? Definitely, he's going to have some parties. Maybe <laughs> be tempted to drive a BMW. At this, he agrees with a big smile that sends his parents away to their vacation. Sure. Uh, Friday night goes fine, some alone, chilled. Uh, but Saturday gets really interesting. I uh, ask him to take his dad's car and to go to the beach for a quick afternoon surf. So this, these guys really enjoy surfing, and now he's a little bit tempted. But the idea of surfing and being in town, it's really, really far. Yeah. So he thinks to himself, no, I'm not going to give in to this pressure. I'll let it slide. But again, he's very shy to let his friends down. So he politely tells them, guys, we can go for a MACD. It's close. It's just a five-minute drive. And then we can get to feel this car and what it could do, you know, since it's a seven series. Uh, they go to McDonald's. Um, they have a good time, enjoy their meal. But on their way back, the group of police officers parked on the side of the road and they're doing a car check warranty. And he does not have his driver's license. <laughs> and he does not have his ID either. He is sweating as he drives through. And then they ask him the obvious, your ID and your car license. And he just begins to wear and at this point, he knows that he's in trouble and he was warned to stay away from the car. Not only does he weep, but the police officer phones his father because the car belongs to the father. Sorry, sir, we are pounding your car. He hears his dad's angry voice as well through the phone, his growling voice. And he's really, really scared. And he continues to cry at this point as he awaits to face the consequences of his actions. So in Psalm 51, David is asking for forgiveness 
and to restore his relationship with God because he has sinned against God and committed adultery and not kept God's word as he once wrote. How can a young man live a righteous life by keeping God's word and storing it in his heart so that he may not sin against him? Now we found David having done the obvious and sin um, in a very explicit way um, and done what God commanded him not to do. David was a king. David was God's friend. Um, he was also known for his loyalty to God. So he had a deep affection to God and to what God desires and to what God wanted. And this is what separated David from amongst all the other kings um, in Judea and around Israel. In a scandalous way, in 2 Samuel verse 11, briefly, David is king of Israel, Judea, later Jerusalem. David sends under Joab commands and he remains in the palace. When he wakes up from his nap, he sees Bathsheba bathing and brings her over to the palace and sleeps with her. In front of the line, the prophet confronts David about his sins and David's sons with, and David's son with Bathsheba. David, what he does is he writes this psalm. Is David's response to his crimes and sins against um, God. This is what he writes. Have mercy, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth. Verses just unpacking his sin and condition, and why we think is sin is not stake that we can sweep under the carpet, but sin is deep. And here's some verses to help us to understand the nature and the condition of sin. To sin, to be with, to not do God's law, lawlessness. You can find that in John 1, 3, verse 4. A complete disregard for God's law. And another term is transgression. A rebellion against God's authority. That's Leviticus 16, verse 21. And despising, that's 2 Samuel 12, 9 to 10. Deliberately breaking God's commands. So that what sin is. And this is what David has done. He has done the three things completely disregarded God's word, rebelled against God's authority, and deliberately breaking God's law. So this is the scene that David brings to God in saying that, God, I know this is my condition. This is how I've sinned. I've broken uh, down your commands deliberately by calling on Bathsheba and asking her to come to the palace and forcing myself to her. I've rebelled against your authority. I've taken the as a king and called shots when I could have submitted to you as the true God who has always been above me. I've disregarded your law that once I was pro 
before, I've kept your word in me so that I may not sin against you. But now I've disregarded that law. David mentioned that only you, God, I've sinned against is that all sin is vertical and against God. But all sin is towards and against God before it's horizontal. We sin against God. And you can see with these few examples that I've given. Now in a hierarchy kingdom, everything a king says goes without question. And a king is always right. In a paramedic um, triangle, a king is always at the top and the nobles, then the nobles and then the servants. So that's like the hierarchy. So David would have said right at the top. So whatever he says and does, nobody can question because he's king. And you got to choose your words wisely when you speak to the king because he can order you to be killed. And all the kings were like that. But David was God's elected. So he was supposed to lead God's people in a different way that previews the true king that will come. And that king is the king of kings, Jesus Christ. But at this, David has failed and become like the other kings who used this paramedic scheme of hierarchy. Trusted. And they are not too harsh or overly skilled. We see that as, as David says, so you are writing your verdict. And also in Hebrews 12, we find that for God disciplines the ones he loves and he, ch- and he chisels every son he receives. So we can trust God's judgment that not to destroy us, but therefore restoring us and shaping us and pointing us back to the truth where we have gone wrong and missed the mark. God wants us to be loyal, uh, to be a loyal people in plural form and also in singular form. You and me, personally, loyal to him and to his word. But what often threatens our loyalty, it's our willpower and ego. But it seems like a long route when you can see or we can see a shortcut to your dream job, more money, big house, a better car, The whole world is centered around our decision making and we become the choices, sorry, and the choices and the choices we become. Total power corrupts and we must climb down from the throne. Let God sit there because he never fails to take that seat in our heart and let him be the one in ourselves under his feet. David was a king, but now David is a criminal. David was a warrior, but now David is defeated. David was faithful, David was a dancer, but now David is a mourner. This is what sin does to us. It robs us of our true state and relationship with God, where we feel all like we could do is to sit around and mourn over our sins, not just mistakes, but they have serious consequences and they change how we feel about God and how we feel about other people. They also change how we love God and how we love other people. The threat of being not so loyal 
this satisfaction is the enemy of loyalty. So that means that when we feel unhappy, that there is more and we could do it with our own strength ourselves. We don't have to wait for God, what he said he would do me of our loyalty. Things like social media or media in general, they're good at making us less satisfied where we are and where we should be content with God. Happier when we should be content and keep loyal to God. A quick way, how to get a dream job or this and this. And at times we can easily forget where God has placed us or lose connection with where God has placed us because of this new idea we want to live towards and make it happen both and not wait on God. But more so, we need a grateful spirit because gratitude is what keeps us in awe of what we have. Not only in awe of what we have, but our mouths full of compliments and new songs of praise. I like to think of it as a spirit word. It's like it's getting you and it makes you leap with joy and happy. I, I can't think of a person who's grateful and grumpy and sitting in a chair uh, and mourning about what's not working in their life. But a, a person who's full of gratitude, they're on their toes, jumping around, walking, because they're happy, they're content. But we know that this is... Um, but our commitment with God will always shape what is important. It is to help us commitment. Our conviction will ground us when things are not looking good anymore as we follow the promises of God. How God really spoken to you over your life is what will guide you and hold you when things are not looking so well. Restoration is an act of restoring something to its original state. Cleanse me with a high soap and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than the snow. Now, a high soap, um, if you look it up on Google, you, would, you won't find like a real good meaning of it. You'll find something that's like connected to medicine, something that people use, uh, and so on and so forth. But when you look back at in Exodus 12, 22, you'll find that the Israelites, when they were, um, that God did, it was a Passover. So there was an angel of death that was going to kill all the firstborns. Um, this was just before the Israelites left. Uh, so they were asked to dip uh, with high soap, to take the high soap, which is like a plant, basically, uh, it has like whitish uh, flowers around the door frames and the windows. Um, this is a symbol of what will come later on, that the blood of Christ is the blood that will save us from death and protect us from death. But the blood of Christ doesn't only um, save us from death, it's us. So when he asked that, Cleanse me with the high soap so I'll be clean. Wash me. One day Messiah will be born and out of David's lineage, Messiah will arise. He will take away our sins forever and then we'll be whiter, clean. 
because David has realized that the blood of ox and goats, which were used under the Mosaic law, is not capable to purify his sin and to take them for good. He needs a deep work of God in him. The deep work that only God can do and through his son, Jesus, and the blood and his blood that was poured on the cross. Matthew 26, um, 28, Jesus' blood is for the forgiveness of sin and it sanctifies us to rejoice in male or human being. In a way, David is saying, death, where is your sting? God has promised the Messiah who was coming, like I, as I've said before, and the one who will defeat death for forever. Salvation is coming, room for hope and reason to celebrate in the ocean and his boats began to sink as he had done that fire shot coming whether the boats are still sinking or not but he starts to celebrate because help is coming and hope is coming and he will be saved and he will not drown so in a way yeah David is starting to celebrate that sin is not forever but sin will be defeated at the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Create in me a new heart and renew me, renew a steadfast spirit within me. David here, all his sin, but not only his sin, his emotions, and let them lead him to places where he wasn't supposed to be. And we know that out of the heart, our lives flow. So now having a changed heart or a new heart with a steadfast spirit, a willing spirit to obey God, he knows that at this, he will be able to be restored once his heart is renewed for good. We also find it in Ephesians 4 verse on a new self. This is what Christ does for us. Put on a new self. Sorry to, <laughs> that it sounds like redundant, but a new self is a complete new self. It's like, almost like a clone of myself, but a better version because it's new, it's fresh. It hasn't been touched by death, decay, it's life out of it. It's completely new. And we know with this new self that it's the new self of Christ Jesus upon us. Matthew 18, verse 8, things that lead us to sin. On the new self, therefore, we should cut away that comes in our way. Now we have a new self. We have a new heart. We have a Jesus heart. Now we have the power to cut the things that we were not able to do before we received Christ or had the new heart that has been now given to us through the blood of Christ at the cross. So this is David's dream in pre-21st century. We are living and walking it. Joy of my salvation, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me, and then I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. This last part, his salvation. And one thing I know about the joy of salvation is that in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, it speaks about the cross being the power of salvation. So you have this power.
power of salvation, that you are saved. Now you are free. David knows that he's saved, he's free. God will restore him because God is the only person who can. Also, not only that, by the joy of my salvation, the joy of being saved. If you've been a Christian long enough, you will know this, that on that day when you became born again, it's just unexplainable when you cross that bridge of becoming uh, a Christian. So, vision, he's saying, I want to live in that gratitude, happy and content and revived that I am saved. And not only so, but I will take this good news and share it with others. I will preach, I'll proclaim this gospel because I have found salvation and I have found hope that death sins does not have the final word or define us anymore. We have found the blood of Christ and that power sets us free for eternity. Now there's this beautiful song that you guys might be familiar with. The joy of my salvation is coming back again when I think of your goodness and your love for me. It's by Dancing Boy uh, featuring Elevation. It's a really beautiful song. I just thought of it as I was reading Restore the Joy, Restore to Me the Joy of My Salvation, that it's coming back again when I think of your goodness and your love for me. Would you think of God's goodness and his love for you and what he has done for you? Though sin is this great, but God has made a way for you and I to be restored for good. As I end, Charles Spagan, of the Redeemer's amazing love. Let us henceforth consent how long can we go side by side with him. But remember, we have gone, but remember when we have gone to the lowest, he descends lower still so that we can truly feel that the very lowest place is too high for us. Still, the humility of Jesus humbled himself to a point of death just so we may be made righteous and holy. Maybe not long enough. Maybe you've sinned significantly like David. Maybe not. One thing about sin whether great or small, is that it always hinders our hearts against God's will by making us more and more disobedient. Moses us how to handle the great moments of sin. He cries out to God and asks for a willing spirit to obey him. He repents. We ought to do the same about the sin in our lives. May you look at the sin in your life lightly. May I encourage us to ask God for a new heart and a new spirit that will be loyal to him. Maybe you're not much of a believer. You think of sin as flaws. People in media often they refer to sin as more as as mistakes or flaws. But sin is deeper than that. Maybe we can agree that we both learned that today through David. It's not just a misjudgment and did something are all not perfect. But, and we need redemption. That's only through the work of the Son, Jesus Christ. This is good news for everyone who receives them. There's hope and an end to our sin. Shame, guilty.
guilty and suffering, that hope is Jesus. He wants to give you a new heart and a willing spirit to obey him. He wants to restore you and give you peace. Amen. Can we stand? Eugene. He mentioned that verse a number of times, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. I wonder, I wonder how many of us feel like that, like we want God to restore the joy of our own salvation. And we feel like we've been crushed. Can there be joy earning us that? Sometimes we go through really hard times where we've sinned, where we've repentance through the grace of Christ. There is restoration. Um, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. And I wanted Eugene to pray for us. So before we go, before we just move on with our day, there's a moment just to reflect. We can close our eyes. Eugene will pray for us. I want him to pray that uh, for the right people here that maybe need the joy of your salvation restored, that God would do that. Jesus we've crushed rejoice may you restore to us the joy of our salvation awaken gratitude in our lives for the salvation God renew us, restore we repent God where sin has taken full hold of us and kept us under and we felt crushed and crushed after wave after wave after wave Bust that the blood of Christ is the power not only the power of salvation so it gives us joy of salvation that death is no more that we are saved that you are renewing all things that you are helping us Jesus to become more and more like you to help us to be willing and willing to do what you say God on all the other idols, Lord, we have made of this life. Were the people, were the things. Renew to us the joy of our salvation. And may we ponder and ponder over your goodness and how good and gracious you have been moments after moments, day after day, second after second. You have always come through for us, Lord, in our times of need. You have always saved us. You have always provided. You have always been faithful when we are not faithful. It's the song we've sing that we pour out our praise. It's your breath.
that gives us life. So we pour out your bread, our praise. You are the one who's the source of life. So we pour out our praise. Heal what's broken. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you, everyone, for coming this morning. Um, we'll have some coffee after outside that will be available. Um, but I hope you have a, a good week. If you didn't need to talk to anyone, you're welcome to come in and talk. But uh, have a good weekend. Remember, you can sign up for camp. Uh, so please go and start doing that so we can plan for everyone who's going to be there. Uh, have a good day.